Hello, and welcome to Cinevalia, the podcast, episode number 52. I'm Michael Gaddy. I'm Trevor Masson. Welcome to our monthly episode. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so how have you been? How was your Christmas? It was good. Um, it was mellow, relaxing. Same. What I needed. Uh, so yeah, it was it was great. How about yours? Not bad. Um, yeah. Uh, showing off some of the stuff I have, fun things I I've owned. Yeah, put your pants back on. <laughs> I told you I replaced my old Xboxes with the new with the Series X Xbox. So like I have a Series X, I have the newest iPhone, the I the uh, AirPod Pros. Some fucking like, money bags, GQ <laughs> smooth over here. So I'm just like, eh, there's nothing really I want. Other than just, you know, good company and... Love. Uh, yeah, love, of course. Love. Got some uh, fun gifts. Nothing nothing extravagant, but still. Is there any kind of gift you want to... Um, no, because to be honest with you, I, I didn't... There was nothing that I could think of, and I was asked multiple times, especially by like Tressa, there was nothing that I could think of. I still got stuff, yeah. um, but there wasn't anything that I was like, please buy me this. Um, but I did get good gifts. Uh, I got a, um, something that will save a lot of money for us on toilet paper. Um, it's a, <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Oh yeah. You sent the picture. Yeah. Um, it's a, uh, I don't know how to describe it, but it's essentially a, uh, the kind of toilet brush that you use to clean the toilet uh, clean the toilet with and it's on an automatic kind of track you put it you install it underneath your um your seat. toilet your toilet seat and uh it cleans your ass for you <laughs> quite well i it does um, other things too yeah but i'm we don't going talk to um i'll post a photo of it for our next episode so you guys kind of have an idea of what what we're working with over here post a photo of it in use yes demonstration uh, video a, de- a demonstration video yes um and it is called hold on i have it sitting here right next to me as it's we called speak. holy moly spelled with an h instead of a wh what you mean the other way around it's no because you're whole but that's how whole is that's it how, yeah except it doesn't have an e so you're talking about h-o-l-e i think i've just seen somebody write holy moly with wh it's not something i see too often so well ladies and gentlemen i can't seem to find the name of this product um i apologize but just know i am very clean (laughs) a little too clean (laughs) a little too clean uh anyways um (laughs) we would have had a christmas episode but we're just so busy yes so it's it's getting increasingly hard, not harder, um, but, you know, we were getting increasingly more and more busy. So, um, which is a both a good thing and a bad thing. And I feel like if we had more of a, <laughs> I want to get self-deprecating for a second. If we had more of a following, I feel like, and people were yeah. m- more, you know, clamoring for more uh, yeah. episodes from us, we'd be more, you know likely to do one but that's okay we're still enjoying doing it and even though we're doing it like it's averaging like once a month it's cool yeah and the, the idea together. is to have fun yeah exactly so and talk about movies that you know we love we're getting to the 
the original concept of the podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, it's still fun. We're still enjoying it, and that's all that matters. So, and every time I forget how this works, so right now I'm going to finally pull out my notes for the episode. Oh, we're we're actually talking about a movie. Yeah, we actually are talking about a movie. Oh. I didn't uh, write anything down for 2012. I feel like we did a 2012 movie before. I'm sure we did. Was Swiss Army Man? Don't think so. I think that was more recent than that. Yeah, you may be right, Slick. <laughs> oh, duh. You should know what movie we did from 2012. I don't know. Place Beyond the Pines. <laughs> oh, yes. I wouldn't have got that. What a year for movies. Oh, by the way, um, I hope you guys all enjoyed our review of Mad God. Oh, God. <laughs> I forgot about it, kind of. Yeah. I think we need to put in maybe some kind of like if one of us brings in a movie and then we watch that the person who brought it in watches the movie and goes, you know what? Never mind. We should be able to have that ability to do so. Because I was thinking about it while watching the movie going, maybe we should do something else. Yeah. I think you mentioned it like in the episode that you were like, yeah, I don't know. This is going to. And I was like 30 minutes. I was like, either daddy's going to like love this and he's going to have so much to talk about or it's going to be the fucking worst episode ever. We still talked about it quite a bit. We did. Outside of we the We talked movie. about other stuff, yeah, <laughs> which was fine. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's a podcast, so that's how they work sometimes, especially your new favorite podcast. Um, Blank Check. Blank Check. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't listened to any. After they covered, because I was listening, they were covering all the David Fincher movies, mm-hmm. so I'm obviously down for that. But, you know, after a while, there's only so much I can take. And they're doing, like, three-plus hours. Yeah. And probably, like, if you put all the talk about movies together, it'd probably equate to, like, maybe, like, 45 (laughs) minutes total. The funny part is, and I think I said this last week when we were talking about it, that it's... I'm definitely the the, uh, Newman... Newman? I forget his name. Uh, Griffin and who just wants to rattle on talk about stupid shit and tell stupid jokes and then the other guy whose name i can't think of right david he's very much like this is stupid we need to get back on topic this episode's going far too long (laughs) definitely you i think uh i'm a mixture well because like i feel like i have the stupid jokes that we both have the uh, immature stupid potty humor (laughs) that's okay but you always worry about the length. Yes. And that's so what she said. <laughs> Speaking of stupid jokes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't have anything about 2012 when this movie came out. So let's just get right into the just review. Dive right in there. Oh, you want my overall thoughts right now? Yeah, let's go. Okay. We forgot. We go out of order. Hey, guys. Uh, so today we are talking about killing them softly. For the longest time, and I don't know why, I always thought it was killing them softly. Killing them. Because that's what it is, like the song. Yeah. And the uh, Dave Chappelle special. Yeah. But no, guys, it's killing them softly. It is written correctly. Uh, this movie was directed by Andrew Dominic, uh, who, if you didn't recognize the name or know who that is he directed um the assassination of jesse james by the coward robert ford uh and recently blonde mm-hmm. a very so, i don't know, love it or hate it movie yeah well we talked about him a little bit when we talked about blonde and we talked about the best of 2022 and when we talked about the oscars we probably mentioned blonde but i don't know if we went into any kind of depth about it yeah just the cinematography being um very disappointing that it didn't get nominated for 
best cinematography. <laughs> Anyways, so Andrew Dominic directed it. He also wrote it. Uh, this movie was released on November 30th, 2012. You want to take a guess at what the budget was for this movie? I made sure not to look it up because I almost did. Um, I didn't look up anything for this movie. Great. And this is, <laughs> I can already tell where this is going. Where the rating of it is. Um, I'm going to have to say, well, Brad Pitt's in it. I think he's the only real star at the time. What? Unless I forgot somebody. You got oh. Ray Liotta. You've got James Gandolfini. <laughs> well, Gandolfi- Gandolfini, maybe. But Ray Liotta just does, well, did everything back then. So. I'm sure that didn't cost them too much. Maybe. <laughs> Not that he doesn't give quality performances in yeah. most of the stuff. Is I mean, He could be like Nicolas Cage where he just loves acting, so he just does everything. Every fucking thing. So I'm going to say... Hey, you want to be in this hot dog commercial, Nicolas Cage? I'll say $15 million. Wow, right on the money, $15 million. Woo! You want to take a guess at what it made in the box office? $30 million. Close. $37.9 million. I'm getting good. Yeah, you are. <laughs> You've been good. Um, as far as the general consensus on Rotten Tomatoes, the film has an approval rating of 74% with an average rating of 6.9. Nice. Out of 10, the site's critical consensus reads, Killing Them Softly is darkly comic, visceral thriller that doubles as a cautionary tale on capitalism, whose message is delivered with sledgehammer force. On Metacritic, the film received a weighted average score of 64 out of 100, indicating generally favorable reviews. This is crazy. Audiences polled by CinemaScore gave the film a rare grade of F on an A plus to F scale. And as of April 2020, it is one of only 22 films to receive such a rating. That is fucking crazy. It's crazy. Someone got the Batman Brigade to get on their, I don't know, their high horses and uh, whatever review bomb this movie. That's what I forgot to do is one star reviews. Probably because we were going to record this like a couple days after I recorded it or I watched it. So I was like, okay, cool. And then you're like, oh, I'm busy or whatever it was. And then so I was like, okay, I have some time and I completely forgot about all of it. <laughs> um, yeah, 44% audience review on Rotten Tomato is quite low. Wait, what? It wasn't. 44? 74. That's the uh, on critic Ron, review. No, on Ron, approval rating of 74% with an average rating of 6.9. Se- the 74 is the critics' consensus. The audience appro- consensus. It says approval rating. Well, yeah, it's critics. Because I have 74. So there's just critics. a bunch of dumbass, dumbasses watching this movie, essentially. We'll get, well, into, it. We'll get into it. They're dumbasses watching every movie. That's Speaking true. of uh, IMDb gave it a... The audience for IMDb users gave it a 6.2 which isn't a great review either. It's better than 44. Yeah. But yeah. So Brad Pitt's in this movie. Yes, he is. This is the fourth movie we're talking about with Brad Pitt. Fuck. What do you think the other three are? Um, I Well, do you count um, Babylon? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's one. Babylon, uh, Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Um. I'm honestly trying to remember what the fourth one is. So this. So, so that's three. One. What's the fourth one? Good question. Oh, I know. Thelma and Louise. Oh, duh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Damn, I'm good. This has to be like the actor we've reviewed the most. Mm-hmm. It just happens to good. be in all these amazing movies. I love this. Because yeah. he was between like Thelma and Louise and Interview with a Vampire and until he was 
probably in like, I don't know. Cause even into the, like the early two thousands while he was making movies with Fincher and he was doing 12 monkeys and giving these auteur performances, uh, he was still making like the, you know, the heartthrob movies like meet Joe black and stuff like that. So, Seven years in Tibet. Yeah. I saw that in school and I'm just like, what is this accent of his? I've never seen it. It's supposed to be Austrian. I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great. You have to leave. You have to leave Tibet, Kondon. Your life is at great risk. Forgive my presumption, but I made arrangements to get you out safely. We should leave directly after the enthronement. The Chinese, they would never expect it. How can I help people if I run away from them? Um, yeah, shall we get into it? Let's, okay. let's do it. Okay. So we open the film. Is that his, is that his accent in the movie? <laughs> I don't know what I was doing. Okay, I, don't, I don't either. Um, so we open with an unsettling score and a recording of a speech of Obama uh, being cut off haltingly by the title card. So you'll hear the, the music, the talking, and then it'll just get cut off in the middle of the sentence. Was the unsettling score 44% audience score? <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Yeah. Um, yes, it was. No, it was the 69 <laughs> Nice. Uh, <laughs> you keep saying nice. <laughs> Like we, we then meet uh, Frankie, who's played by, is it Scoot or is it Scott? I think it's Scoot. Scoot, Scoot McNary. 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 Yeah, McNary. Yeah. He was in, uh, see, I confused him when I watched, what was it, uh, Scream, the original Scream. I'm like, this guy looks Skeet familiar. Ulrich? Yeah, I'm like, he looks familiar. I'm like, oh, wait, that's the guy from Batman v Superman. Uh, oh, no, Scoot is in Batman v Superman. What is he playing He's a, he's a guy who gets injured during the uh, big fight between uh, Superman and Zod. And so he hates Superman and he gets crippled. Got it. So he's um, He's been in other stuff. I think he's a really good actor, but I'm trying to think of what else, um, what he's most recognized from. Let me see. He was an axe cop. Um, so he was in Argo. 12 Years a Slave. With Brad Pitt? With Brad Pitt. Batman v Superman, as you called it. Um, Both that and Argo having... Uh, I think that's the thing, because one of the writers of Batman v Superman was one of the writers on uh, Argo. Hmm. And Ben Affleck is in both and directed Argo. He was also in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He plays one of the people inside the show that they're filming. He plays like one of the bad guys henchman um oh i was like what leo makes his uh his um entrance uh he was also in blonde yeah he's been in a lot of good stuff so again with uh andrew dominic yep yep i think in this movie though he has this weird accent a mixture of bobcat goldthwaite and like pete davidson or something (laughs) mixed with like someone from Boston. i mean is what's his name from boston Pete Davidson? Yeah. Um, no, he's in Long Island. Okay. Yeah, but he definitely has a very strong, like, Boston accent. East Coast. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I did? I goes down to probation. Like, I actually believe in all that shit they're handing out there. Here's something for you. Place in Hallbrook. Needs assemblers. 1.30 a week, 4 to midnight. 30 work. It'll keep you out of trouble. So, anyways, uh, Scoot, his name is Frankie in this movie. And Russ uh, is played by Ben Mendelsohn. Russ or Russell. And Russell happens to be walking 12 dogs. We, we find out later why. Um, 
So they meet on a street corner, and uh, one thing that you'll notice about this film, and one of the things that like I'll talk about in my love, is the fact that um, they're obviously in a like um, it's like a I mean to say like residential, but it's like another word for suburban. It. Suburban, yeah. So um, one of the things I love about this movie, and one of the things that I'll mention a lot is the background the backdrop of the setting for the film and uh they're in a suburban area and it looks completely abandoned there's houses that look condemned and it all adds to kind of the deeper meaning of the film so they're meeting on a street corner in this like abandoned residential area and they start talking about um a job and meeting someone about a job and they keep mentioning uh this guy named squirrel yeah, because when you see him, you're like, that's what? his name? Yeah. Like, calling him Squirrel? Yeah. We then cut to them meeting with this guy, um, Squirrel, who um, he was actually on uh, The Sopranos. He mm. played, I believe, Johnny Sachs. I think that was his name. Good actor. Um, and during this meeting, uh, Squirrel is obviously the mastermind behind whatever job that they're going to be taking. But... Um, Russell, again played by Ben Mendelsohn, excellently played by Ben Mendelsohn, um, can't seem to keep his smart ass mouth closed. So um, they start going back and forth, Squirrel and uh, and Russell, and it's really a funny scene because uh, he tells him basically to fuck off, and mm-hmm. and then um, Frankie's trying to like protect him, like no, he's cool, man, he's cool. Hey, Russell, shut up, and he doesn't. He continues talking shit back and forth. Um, and, uh, Squirrel tells Frankie, um, that he doesn't feel a hundred percent going forward with Russ and, uh, Russell tells Squirrel, (laughs) Squirrel tells Frankie, um, we picked the wrong guy for a job once. Remember the doctor? So insinuating that there's, they have a history of working together, um, kind of like a reservoir dogs type thing where it's like. We had, um, Joe says like, oh, I had a bad feeling and I should have walked at that time, but I didn't because of the money. We had an issue, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Um, so after this scene, uh, Russell and Frankie meet again later and he has, uh, like a tiny little chihuahua and it's like this great, like tracking shot as he's like eating an ice cream and, uh, Ben Mendelsohn just does such a good job at looking like so disgusting he's like i mean disheveled doesn't even like start to describe him he's like sweaty and wet and his hair is like matted it looks he like he a has, shower uh, he he needs three showers <laughs> this motherfucker looks dirty and uh sweaty and stinky and greasy and um anyway so we learn the reason behind russell's gang of dogs um he's trying to gather enough money doing these like fucking petty crimes where he's going around and stealing rich people's dogs and then going down to Florida and selling them to people. Um, and he says that he's made, uh, about $12,000 off that. So obviously very successful for him. I'm watching the movie going, where did I first really see Ben Mendelsohn? Cause he just kind of like exploded and he's in Marvel and star Wars and everything. And it's, it was the, the dark Knight rises. He's, uh, one of the like rivals to Bruce Wayne, 
which came out the same year. A character named Daggett. Oh. Yep. So well, that's how he exploded. Yep. Um, you mentioned Obama at the beginning, mm-hmm. and we see a billboard at one point with uh, McCain and Obama, and one side, well, like the conservative side, says "Keep America Strong." And then the Obama side says change, which is like the definition of a conservative and a liberal because conservatives want to keep everything the way it is Mm -hmm. white uh, and (laughs) liberals want to change for the better, uh, which is just funny that it, if that was his slogan, um, McCain of keeping America strong for the person to take over after Obama to say, make America great again. Mm hmm. Weird, because this movie came out before there was even a President Trump idea other yeah. than Simpsons. Yeah. And um, I didn't mention this, but this is set during the backdrop of the presidential elections. Um, so in almost, I would say like 75% of the scenes, if you listen closely, there's something playing relating to politics or mm-hmm. presidential talking or presidential speeches. Speeches. Um, Mostly Bush. Yeah. There's a lot of Bush uh, and some other people, but uh, it's definitely not thinly veiled, um, the political aspect of it. Um, but it makes sense. And again, we'll discuss more about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, so after they meet up to learn kind of more about the job, uh, Frankie starts talking to Russ and asking him like, hey, like, so what do you think? Are you in for this job? And uh, Russell basically tells him, like, hey, if you're in, like, I'm in. Otherwise, like, that guy can go fuck himself. Uh, He's like, I've got stuff that I've got going on. His ultimate goal is to buy a pound of heroin and sell it. And that's, like, that's his goal. Uh, That's Russell's goal. He has ambitions to be a drug dealer. Yeah, with one pound of heroin, and that's it. (laughs) Well, that's how you start. So you sell that, you make a lot of money, and then you go buy more and it escalates yeah unless you get high on your own supply which we'll learn more about yep uh so frankie goes to squirrel to find out more about the job um and then we learn about marky who is played by ray liotta and his card game long story short uh marky hosts a underground card game for various people involved in uh, the crime syndicate um people you know it's cash only uh very high stakes low key but everyone who's involved is i don't know bad guys involved in crime in some way or uh, some form or fashion and um they show it's shown during a flashback that um two guys two masked men come in and rob the game um I'm trying to think. Well, Marky, it's this squirrel telling Frankie the the plan that Marky had this idea. He's looking at all the money being exchanged. He's like, what if someone just ripped us off? Like, they could probably get away with it. Um, I'm assuming it might have said it in the movie, but I forgot that, like, nobody is armed. Like, somehow. <laughs> but I think they are. They have to be. Uh, it's. There's a flaw in the logic, it would seem. But uh, it's one of those suspension and disbelief things. Mm-hmm. So he gets Marky gets the idea, 
of just ripping himself off and saying it was somebody else ripping me off. And then... Because he's the ultimate host of these games. Like, it's his game, but, you know, um, if he rips off everybody and acts like it's not him, he makes pure profit Mm -hmm. off of it. And he gets interrogated at some point and he says, no, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. And they believe him. And then however long down the line he went, ha, it was me during a night of, uh, lots of heavy drinking. He finally admits, and he's laughing about it when he tells them. And, you know, squirrel says like, but everyone likes Marky. So they gave him a pass, but to go back a little bit in the story, you say they interrogate him and there's this really amazing dolly shot. It's a one, it's a oneer um, where, um, Sam Shepard, which, which is a crime, but he's lit. This is his only scene in the movie. And it's like probably like 45 seconds long. Um, there's a longer cut somewhere. I'm sure that has more of him in it, but anyways, so they, it's a one or a long take them getting out of the car. They walk up to, he lives in like a trailer park home kind yeah. of thing. Um, they knock on the door and there's two guys Sam Shepard and this other guy who was also in, um, the town, He's like the the bigger bald guy. Anyways, I don't know his name. Uh, Sam Shepard. His name is Dylan, um, and they mention him probably like twenty or thirty times in this movie, and you only see him once. Hmm. Anyways, in this long dolly shot, they uh, they knock on the door and get uh, Marky to answer the door. And as soon as he opens the door, the bald guy grabs him. And pushes him like you hear a struggle, and he's like, "What the fuck?" And you hear, uh, you see, Marky go out through the window, but he doesn't go out all the way. He just pushes him like through the window, mm-hmm. and then the you hear more of a ruckus, but you don't see because we're dolling through the house. And then he ends up going out through the back door. They push him out, and then he falls over like the ledge. And Marky's like, "What the?" fuck and he's like i didn't do anything i didn't have anything to do with this and essentially that was their way of interrogating him yeah it sounds really boring explaining it but if you watch it it's a really really cool shot gaddy agrees that it's boring as fuck no (laughs) um but it's a really it's a really great shot um after that we see them uh frankie and russell are gearing up they're in the back of the car uh getting their shit together and uh frankie asks him like oh you got the stuff and of course russell pulls out like a pair of dishwashing gloves and he's like what the fuck these are dishwashing gloves these are too thick and he's like eh, fuck off that's all i got and then he pulls out um the guns sawed off shot <laughs> a sawed off shotgun now imagine uh a shotgun that's like you can't saw Zero it off barrel. anymore like literally you can see like the bullets <laughs> the shells yeah sticking out yeah it's it's fucking hilarious I would love to see what happens if you like actually would fire yeah. that gun. Probably just explode in your hand. Yeah, that's what um, that's what Frankie says too. It's hilarious. It's like you know a normal sawed-off shotgun has like a very very long barrel, like an extended yeah. barrel, and this one has like almost. I mean, it has no barrel on it. It's like usually like less than a foot yeah. for the barrel, but this one doesn't have any barrel whatsoever. <laughs> to the point where you can yeah, like you said, see the shells sticking out of the other end. <laughs> It's basically like just like like holding a grenade in your hand and then just like, I don't know, pulling the pin anytime you pull the trigger. Um, so they get geared up and they go into the game to rob it. Um, and it's just 
brilliantly shot, brilliantly edited with a lot of building of tension. Um, they put on like uh, pantyhose over their faces and which aren't great disguises. No, but like Ben Mendelsohn looks like really fucking creepy because like if you look at it, it doesn't look like him. Mm-hmm. His face is all distorted. His nose is like pushed to the side, and it's like he doesn't speak. He just like gestures with his gun because he has an australian accent so yeah. if he spoke then yeah. it'd be give it away even though and that's frankie his, has a pretty u- or unique accent yeah so. and his voice like it cracks a lot like uh yeah. frankie's so i feel like he tries to sound like a tough guy um but yeah so they rob they rob the game um marky happens to come in and uh at gunpoint russell forces marky to give him up uh, give him the money and you know f- fucking everybody's names ends in like ie <laughs> frankie johnny polly polly um marky is telling russell like you know you can just walk away like just walk out the back mm-hmm. door you know um we'll take care of your friend here it's not too late for you do you know what you're doing and the entire time russell doesn't say anything um and he hands over two suitcases full of money he doesn't say anything, but you can tell he's affected by it. Yeah. it's There's a really great shot of him, like, turning his head, like, again, with a close-up on his, like, distorted face. It's really creepy while he's telling him, and he looks like he's, like, long... Like, I don't... That's the best way I could describe his, his facial reaction. It's like he's longing, like, oh, I wish I could do that. Yeah. But anyways. Um, and then Frankie has a good idea to have everybody pull out the money that they have inside of their wallets and um <laughs> that's our episode yeah <laughs> um and then marky keeps yelling at uh frankie like leave him alone stop and then um russell pistol whips him and it fucking looks like real. It looks like he like really hits them with mm-hmm. a gun. That's pretty pretty brutal. Um, but they get away with the money, and then um, they drive away. Sorry, I was waiting for the the train. Train. Did you hear? I hear a train a coming. It's coming around the bend. Yeah. Which is funny because the next notes I have besides George W. Bush is the man in black. Yeah, which is playing. And with that being said, uh, we are introduced to my man Jackie, played by Brad Pitt. And as you mentioned, uh, the song that's playing while they're introducing him is the man in black by Johnny Cash. Mm -hmm. And he's dressed in all black. So Brad Pitt is driving to a meeting with... uh, under IMDb, his name is just Driver. He's never really named in the mm-hmm. movie. The dad and uh, stepbrothers. Yes, uh, he's been in a ton of stuff yeah. as well. He was hot for like a good like decade. Richard Jenkins. Yeah, yeah. He was nominated for an Oscar at one point. Don't remember what for. Wasn't stepbrothers. Uh, he was in The Shape of Water, Bone Tomahawk, Spotlight. He's been in a ton of shit. He's a great actor. Yeah. And he can do it all. He can do comedy. He can do uh, drama. Nominated for two Oscars for Shape of Water and for uh, The Visitor. That's right. Oh, yeah. The Visitor. I never saw it, but I do remember that nomination. 
and he was in the kingdom do you remember when everyone at school like they had so many free screenings for that movie yeah everyone had seen it that's still a good movie I never saw it really yeah you're one of the few then i feel like i was there ready to and then like we didn't make it or it got canceled or something oh i know that i saw it um and that was before i knew who jason bateman was because he's in that movie and it's like i think it was oh, yeah. one of his first like serious roles even though he's kind of like a smart ass like kind of funny guy in the movie sure. but he's like he gets tortured in it which is kind of interesting anyways um so brad's pitts brad pitts character's name is jackie um and he meets with richard jenkins driver um and they start discussing the possibility of marky robbing one of his games again uh jackie honestly believes that marky didn't do it but he explains to the driver that it doesn't matter either way he must be killed um driver explains that they he even says the words they, the people that he works for, are squeamish about the idea of murder and he just wants Marky talked to. Again, insinuating that he just wants him beat up but not mm-hmm. killed. Um, we learn more about the people that uh, Driver works for, but we don't know who they are or what, what their, uh, I don't know, total corporate mentality is what uh richard jenkins calls it um it sounds like a bunch of rich white men um which is usually what you get when you're dealing with the corporations as Mm -hmm. uh, stockholders and stuff like that and it's a bunch of rich old white men controlling um business decisions about that can affect people's lives which is kind of fucked up but i guess that's america for you anything to add so far not to the scene, no. Okay, great. Do you notice that um, Jackie Brad Pitt has a very distinct way of like talking? He like points with his finger a lot. Like, did you notice that? I didn't notice yeah. that. He puts a lot of emphasis like on points with his fingers and his hands, and pulls the Harrison Ford. What does the Harrison Ford do? He points in every movie he's in. Really, he's talking. Like, if you think about the interrogation scene in uh, The Fugitive, he's like, you find that, man. Like, it's always, like, kind of like a limp, like, point. <laughs> limp wrist, motherfucker. Yeah. That's funny. There's a compilation online. Okay. Which would make no sense to <laughs> Anybody put the clip in right now, but. Yeah, maybe you put it in there. Um, and, well, I was going to say we're going to apologize for clips, but no, I'm not apologizing because the clips are great. There's a <laughs> lot of monologues in this movie. There's a lot of... Um, monologues and then there's a lot of dialogue in it um and it's so well written every every conversation um so after that conversation we cut to uh marky getting quote-unquote talked to in a brutal fucking beatdown with amazing and horrific sound design as every punch is felt and heard with blood splatters and his crunch crunches of his flesh with doogie hazard's friend yeah yeah <laughs> but he's all grown up with a yeah. with a nice beard um so these two guys who, again, are friends of, with Marky because in the crime community, everybody loves Marky. Um, so they don't want to do it. And before they start beating him up, they're like, he's probably going to make it hard on us. And he's like, no, nah, he'll tell us. So essentially what they're trying to do is get him to admit that he had. Holy shit. <laughs> now you hear the train. It's like in your front yard. Yeah, it actually is. Okay, are we done? 
So the two guys are trying mm. to uh, ascertain if uh, Marky did actually rob the bookies. And you feel sorry for Marky because this mm. time he actually didn't. Um, and he gets the shit kicked out of him. And, you know, like I said, it's shot so well. It's like, uh, it just looks amazing. And it's really, really brutal. Um, you really feel for him. And then uh, he's like slumped over against the car and they get down to like eye level. And they're like, listen, man, it's going to be a long night if you can just tell us. And he's like, oh, I swear. And his like mouth, his jaw is broken. And mm-hmm. it's just really sad to see him like that. He's like, oh, I swear I didn't have anything to do with it. And then they continue beating the shit out of him. And he throws up. And then they beat him up more for throwing up on his shoes, which is sad. R.I.P. R.I.P. <clears throat> we then catch back up with Frankie and Russell. So obviously this is uh, sometime after the robbery. Mm-hmm. Frankie's looking better. He's got his hair slicked back. He's got a new outfit. Uh, whereas Russell's looking a lot worse for the wear. Um, he's fucking he uh frankie even mentions like dude you smell like shit and he's like you smell like shit gay shit because he's making fun of the fact that he like put stuff in his hair and it's like slicked back um so when he's touching when russell is touching frankie's hair he's like oh man what is that he's like it's dog shit come on get in i'll explain to you on the way home so they're driving and uh they're talking about uh russell went to florida with like you know the 12 dogs that he was selling it's raining super hard and then they go to a interior shot of the car and there's like 12 dogs and they're all barking and you hear farting and there's shit everywhere on the windows um so it's uh it looks very chaotic and uh after he's telling them that we get another stunningly beautiful sequence where russell shoots up heroin and in between nodding off uh russell lets it slip that there's a contract out for them both and squirrel uh, and he happened to tell an acquaintance of Dylan that they had done the Marky game. So um, Frankie is sitting down, like listening to all this, and he, in between, he's his nodding off. Um, again, visually, it looks incredible. Just mm-hmm. talking about it, it's like doesn't make any sense. But like you see this like really bright light, and then it'll go back in. And things get repeated like multiple times, like the same action. And it's kind of like in slow motion. Um, audio gets like faded out and it's it's really, really well done. So uh, because Russell's a loud mouth and someone who's not to be trusted, not the greatest criminal, um, he mentions to someone that he doesn't know is an acquaintance of Dylan that they had done, they had robbed Marky's game. Uh, and Frankie hears this and he's like, you told this person they're friends with Dylan. So, uh, Frankie naturally gets scared and Russell is completely fucking stoned out of his mind. So he has Mm -hmm. no idea what's going on or he doesn't really seem to care about it. We then cut back to Frankie and the driver discussing what happened to Marky and the fact that they now know who's, uh, behind the robbing of the card game and Frankie explaining that Marky still needs to be hit. Um, he explains, which Getty will put in the clip, which would do a much better job <laughs> explaining than I will. But um, like he said before, it doesn't matter if he did it or not. On the street, people are going to assume that it was him. Um, and it's kind of like one of those street justice mentalities. Um, 
And uh, since they know now who's involved with the robbing, um, they mention Mickey, another character we'll meet later. So where do we go from here? What do you think? It could have been Travis. He could have decided to do it again. No one ever think he's dumb enough to do it twice. But I know Marky. He's not that dumb. So I figured some other smart guys knew he did it before. For now, it don't matter. Doesn't? We start with Travman. We start real good, too. Wait a minute. I'll wait a week if you want. No, uh, I don't understand. Uh, I thought you believed him. My friend, I do. But the games are closed, right? Grants to him. People are losing money. Yeah, fair entrance. They don't like to lose money. We hit Trapman, get things started up again. Get people back to doing what they're supposed to be doing. They want to find out if he did it first. It don't make a bit of difference if Trapman did it or someone did it to Trapman. If people think he did it and he's still walking around, you're going to have kids waiting in line knock them fucking games over. They just want you to talk to him. Talk to him. What does that mean? Talk to Trapman and see what he says. Talk to him. Uh, really talk to him. A beaten. How badly they want a beaten? Shove him around a little. You know, but don't hurt him too badly because they don't want him hurt. Oh, of course you do. You guys, you always do that. All right. Quit shitting me, all right? All right. Stop the bullshit. All right. Stopped. But why? What's he gonna do? Fold under questioning. If he does, they'll kill him. If he doesn't, they'll figure he's lying like last time, and they'll kill him. Either way, Marky's dead. So why put the poor bastard through a beating? It's a waste of time. Not to mention a really unpleasant experience for Marky. Just put him out of his misery. Poor bastard. So there's three people that need to be killed, and they mention, uh, you know, the price. And they say that, I forgot if they said Mickey would do it for 15. I don't remember the, the, the numbers themselves. Yeah. Anyways, so uh, they mentioned Mickey, who's uh, another hitman that they could hire out to take on the job. Um, and they, I believe it's 15,000 that they say that they'll take it. Um, and just the way that they're discussing it is like their frankness is really funny. And I think one of like the kind of black comedy moments of the movie where they're talking about like, okay, 15,000, but he has to fly coach. Um, and he has to pay for his hotel on his own. Um, they mention, they ask, uh, the driver asked Jackie, like, Hey, maybe like, maybe you want to do one of these. He was like, no, I don't like to do it with people. I know. Um, where we and he says the great quote i like to kill him softly from a distance because mm -hmm. he says that if they know you uh their feelings get involved they cry they piss their pants they beg and he doesn't like he's like too much emotion too much fuss so he likes to not really know his victims so to speak and then we meet mickey who's played by james gandolfini uh who is a depressed alcoholic hitman who's way past his prime so originally he would charge a lot more for hitting, but since he's past his prime and he's been in trouble with the law before, uh, he mentions later on that he's not even supposed to be there. Uh, he's on parole. So Mickey and Frankie are sharing uh, a beer and Mickey is just fucking putting him away. He's drinking like more 
he probably drinks like three martinis in like the span of like five minutes mm-hmm. plus uh brad pitt's beer and he's constantly giving shit to the waiter who's serving him the drink saying like where'd you go he's like where'd, where'd you go to get this yeah he's like did you go did across you go the, the street and go to the airport or whatever he says. yeah and then he's like uh the waiter asked him like well are your drinks so crazy he's like actually no because most of it was a was evaporated by the time you got here from wherever the fuck you came from um and brad pitt tells him to like hey you need to slow down otherwise you're gonna fall on your ass and <laughs> mickey goes i was drinking when you were still in your father's cock which doesn't make any sense because they're like only a couple years apart yeah age. i don't know but also I- brad pitt is also apologizing to the uh the waiter the waiter for him being rude yeah yeah and he's like, no, he's fine. He doesn't need another drink. Um, so during this conversation, they kind of get down to brass tacks and, you know, explain to Mickey why they want him there. And uh, Jackie offers him to do the double. And Mickey kind of like really thinks about it. And he, Jackie's like, I don't know if you could use the money or not. And then Mickey, that's where we find out that he's like on parole. He's like, I'm not even supposed to be here. I can't, shouldn't take the heat. He's like, I'll just take the single. Um, and then that means that Jackie will have to take uh, Marky. And then after this scene where they're talking, um, we get another stunning sequence where Jackie assassinates poor Marky in super slow motion. Uh, again, so fucking well shot, so stylistic and so unique. Um, it's almost funny how it's shot and the way that it's like shown, but it's sad because this poor guy is getting yeah. assassinated for something that he actually had nothing to do with. Um, I mean, he did the original job, which caused the issue to begin with. So in a roundabout way, he is responsible. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think we mentioned the fact that the reason why they need to kill him is because they're going to give me more copycats. Yeah. They're restoring balance. Yeah. So, so nobody else can do this after he's gone. Mm-hmm. At least not blame Mickey. Yeah, essentially sending a message to any copycats like, hey, this is what happens if you try to fuck with the, with the game, no matter who you are, even if you're well-liked like Mickey. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marky. <laughs> Fucking Mickey, Mar- Marky. See, you're saying, wait. Marky, Mickey, yeah, yeah. Marky gets Marky. assassinated. Mickey is James Gandolfini. I'm just going to start using the real fucking names because yeah. this is stupid. Everybody's name ends in fucking E. Um so uh they pull up alongside uh marky while he's driving his car and jackie shoots him multiple times like i said in super slow-mo so you see the bullets go through his hand while he's you know deflecting the bullet goes through his head he gets shot more times and then the poor guy uh his body is still pushing on the accelerator so he goes forward Mm -hmm. and then he gets hit by a car so they have slow-mo shots of his body like floating around and then he gets hit by another car and then there's a super slow-mo shot of his forehead hitting the the windshield um yeah it's pretty sad it's like something from deadpool yeah except it's like i don't think it's played for comedic effect but it's like like i said it's like it's very sad but it's almost comedic how it's shown accidental comedy yeah sure or i mean andrew dominic seems to be pretty fucked up so uh, (laughs) he's probably playing it for laughs probably for other people who are just as fucked up as he is which uh might be me i don't i don't really know anything to say so far anything to add this i feel like this episode's going great it's fucking it's going really great 
Well, it doesn't help that that was the last thing I had in my notes was slow motion death. So That's the only thing you have? The last thing. Fucking hell. Okay, well, I don't have very much more. <laughs> well, that makes sense then. It's it's tough to watch a movie for the first time and take a bunch of notes and really try to focus on the movie. Um, I'll get into details about how I feel about the movie after or when we get to that that part. What part? The part where we review the movie and say exactly what we feel about it. Oh, okay. Afterwards, Jackie goes to check in on Mickey, who's staying in a fancy hotel room. Uh, but Mickey has been spending the past three days getting drunk, being mopey and depressed, and sleeping with prostitutes. Prostitutes. We only see one. but Yeah, but it's implied that he's had sex with multiple. Um, which, this fact pisses Frankie off as he later tells the driver that he can just call the cops on Mickey since he's technically breaking the conditions of his parole being out of town. Um, so Jackie makes it a point to mention that he doesn't like unreliable people mm-hmm. and uh, James Gandolfini is way past his prime. So he realizes that he's not going to be able to fulfill the needs. So he's just like, you know what? I could just get him caught. He says, uh, the driver asks him, are you going to kill him? And he's like, no, he's just going to bring, he's going to get into a fight with a whore in a hotel room that doesn't like whores and the cops will come and he'll go back to jail. And the driver asks him like, isn't that a little mean? And he was like, no, it's probably best for him. That way he can't drink as much yeah, and kill himself, drinking himself to death. It's true. Yeah. Um, it, there's like a, it's not, again, not funny, but the dialogue is funny when the prostitute is still in the room and uh, James Gandolfini tells her, she's like, the, he's like, the money's on the, in my wallet on the counter. He's like, there's $283 there. I better see $183 like when I get up. And she's like, no tip. And he was like, here's a tip. Like, stop acting like your asshole is, uh, what does he say? It's something like graphic, but very funny. Hold on. Let me just yeah, see if I can find put the clip in. Okay. Put the clip in. You can just cut out everything I just said. <clears throat> yeah, that's what the first broad you sent up said. There's $283 in there. Okay? When I get up, I want to see $183 in there. You got that? Okay. No tip? <laughs> no tip. You're the original sport. You want a tip, honey? I'll give you a tip. You put the condom on with your mouth and you stop acting like your anus is a national treasure. You're a fucking hooker, for Christ's sake. Fuck you. Whoa. Let me tell you something, honey. One day, what old bastard that you milked, he's going to carve you up talking like that. How would you like that? Jesus, I don't know. You think I'd come? If you could, maybe you would. But I'm thinking no. Fuck you. But he gives her a funny tip. And then um, she's like, oh, gee, do you think I'd come? She's a smart ass. I like it. Yeah. And then she tells him to go fuck himself. And he says, wasn't that the idea of you coming up here? Yeah. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yep. Great actor. Um like I said, he's mopey and depressed. He talks about his ex-wife a lot and his child. Um, you can tell that he's not in the right state of mind. And he's also like fucking alcoholic. Like mm-hmm. he drinks a lot. Those those type of things in movies always make me feel gr- gross. Because I wasn't an alcoholic, but I used to drink, as you've seen. 
and just that idea of just like the feeling of it all i think i've probably talked about addiction and stuff and how it makes you feel and you you're you're chasing that high that Mm. you you had the first couple times you did it but you can never really achieve it so you just go way too far in excess so yeah yeah we can hey man we can keep talking about this i can be your therapist no problem (laughs) i'm not talking about my specific um addictions and i have some but i would say not substance abuse but i guess sugar is a substance yeah Yeah. it's a fucking dangerous one too caffeine all that stuff yeah yeah love (laughs) i'm addicted to love as i you might as well face it as i as i stare off wistfully into the into the light that's not true because you've been with one well as far as i know you've been with one woman and now you're gonna have a family a full family i can still be i mean yeah i can still be addicted to love well when i when i think of that i think of somebody who just goes around and tries to find love in all All the wrong wrong places places. (laughs) let's just keep mentioning song yeah i know the rest of this episode will be just song names song titles um so if you can take on me okay um where were we where were we um we cut to russell going back to pick up his pound of smack um from uh looks like a bus station i thought it was an airport but yeah it could be an airport in one of the little um transportation depot lockers that they have there and he gets arrested and there's like a squad of like 30 cops that come yeah. on him just like for this fucking dirty ass homeless looking motherfucker like what paul blart mall cop would have been enough yeah <laughs> just one because he doesn't put up a fight he just uh-huh. and he's i mean when he's walking out like when he he picks up his package and he starts walking out he's like his eyes are barely open so it's like he mm-hmm. wouldn't be able to put up a fight even if he wanted to he opens up his locker and he goes to get it and he falls asleep and smacks his head and on that the locker wakes, him, and wakes him, up. him up yeah Again, great acting from uh, Ben Mendelsohn. Um, and then while they're patting him down, they're like, do you have anything, any needles, any any weapons? And uh, he says, yeah, but we don't know what it is. He's like, it's in my pocket, so we don't know if he had a knife yeah. on him or a gun or something like that. Probably a needle. Could be. Could be. Afterwards, uh, Frankie's at a bar drinking and Brad Pitt happens to show up uh, and convinces Frankie in a threatening roundabout sort of way to tell him where squirrel is going to be the following night um at first he's like i don't know i don't know and he's like okay and then he walks out and he's like pats him on the back he's like i'll see you soon my friend and uh frankie's obviously scared shitless because he doesn't know who brad pitt is but he knows of his reputation essentially and he knows what's going to happen once he walks out the door uh frankie's going to be dead um and he tells him like you know your friends are worried about you they want to see you make the right decision again telling them that like if you don't make the right choice like you're going to die and die quick uh so as brad pitt is walking out he's like uh you're you're asking about tomorrow night and then jackie's like it sounds like you have something to tell me and frankie's started like i don't know if i can do this and he was like yes you can like you need to make the right decision and basically is threatening his life telling him that he needs to tell him and he's like, well, he's going to be here with this girl. And he's like, uh, Jackie asked him, like, you know where you're going to be? And Frankie's like, no, I'm going to be at home. He's like, no, you're going to be right there with me, pointing him out. So, um, And then in the following scene, it's 
Jackie and Frankie driving, um, and then they park in this apartment complex and they see Squirrel pull up, and Jackie takes Squirrel out, and again, uh, from a distance with a shotgun. From the other side of a car. Yeah. He like snipes him with the shotgun. It's yeah. Weird. Yeah. Um, kind of cool. It is. And uh, so he shoots him. He goes down and then there's a long bit of silence and then Squirrel starts like moaning and groaning. And then there's this really cool shot where they follow um, over the shoulder of Jackie as he's like walking to look at the body. And um, Squirrel is like crawling um, on his stomach and you can tell he's like covered in blood. And then uh, it looks like he blows the fucking top of his head off Mm -hmm. when he shoots him. Pretty fucking brutal. I had to rewind to see if I saw what I thought I saw. What did you think you saw? Top of his head getting blown off. Yeah. But then they show like when he's in the... uh, On the slab. Yeah, on the slab. It looks like the top of his head is like still intact. It kind of looked like he had like a toupee or something that got blown off. Yeah, Like he was scalped with a shotgun. Yeah. But either way, it's it's pretty fucking brutal. So after that, uh, Jackie is driving behind the wheel and Frankie's like, oh, other way around. Sorry. <laughs> Frankie is driving um, the getaway car after, you know, you hear police sirens after he shoots them, which uh, I don't think any police response would ever mm. be that fast. But we'll suspend the disbelief. Um, so Frankie's driving like really fast and Jackie's like, you need to slow down and Frankie's like, I can't, I can't. And he's like, do you want to fucking drive? So he pulls over and then... Uh, they switch. They switch. Jackie gets out and starts driving. And then they pull into a parking lot. Um, and Jackie is asking Frankie, like, so where did you park again? And then he has him repeat it. And he's like, so you know what to do? He's like, yeah, I'm going to dump the car. And then he's like, what else? He's like, I'm going to wipe it down too. And he's like, okay, good. Just checking to make sure. So Jackie gets out of the car and then Frankie starts moving over to start driving it. And naturally, Jackie blows out uh, Frankie's brains all over the inside of the car and shoots him a couple more times for a good measure. And then he wipes down the car, which is... Uh, the, the DVD menu? Or yeah, the Blu-ray menu? Which I think is really fucking cool. <laughs> so, like, the opening um, when you're, you know, where you can choose, like, play or scenes or bonus features yeah. or whatever. It's, like, him cleaning down the car. I saw that in the actual movie and i was like oh it's the first shot of the movie and i went wait no that wasn't Mm-mm. like that would have been a cool first shot of the movie so mm-hmm. you'd be like what's he doing what's he doing why is he cleaning it up? i think it would be obvious maybe if he was cleaning down the car like that like wiping the steering wheel and the door handle and all that and for our final scene uh it's a doozy jackie is in a bar uh and driver shows up and um Words don't really do it justice, but essentially Jackie educates Driver on the realities of living in America and capitalism. Um, The driver gives uh, Jackie his money and he's like, uh, Jackie's like, I'm going to go take a piss. And he's like, don't you want to count the money? He's like, can I go take a piss first? And he comes out and again, Obama's playing uh, on the TV. It seems to be his... uh, acceptance speech. speech yeah uh they're celebrating in the streets it's, isn't it like new orleans um it's supposed to be boston but it was shot in new orleans that's confusing um is so it? i think also they mentioned the housing crisis at some point which is our at least our second movie referring to the housing market mm-hmm. crash of 08 
Yeah, which is, uh, again, in the backdrop, you see a lot of like, not even dystopian, but just like a lot of boarded up houses, a lot of, you know. Abandoned. Yeah, houses. it's kind of, it looks post-apocalyptic, but unfortunately, like it's. It's not, it's, it's just not. Austin. Well, no, and it's <laughs> it's real life because, you know, this yeah. happened. Um, so uh, Jackie comes out of the bathroom and he looks very pissed and uh the driver is like everything all right he was like there was only thirty thousand dollars in there and driver's like yeah and long story short um jackie's like no it was fifteen thousand dollars for each person i killed three of them and uh driver's like no uh dylan gets paid 10 you get paid 10 and jackie tells him like Dylan's dead. He got killed this morning. And he doesn't say that he did it, but it, mm-hmm. he's insinuating that he had killed him. Um, and then he goes off on a monologue, which Getty will put the clip in here. That fundamental truth that out of many we are one. You hear that line? Line's for you. Don't make me laugh. For one people. It's a myth created by Thomas Jefferson. Oh, now you're going to have a go at Jefferson, huh? My friend, Jefferson's an American saint. Because he wrote the words, all men are created equal. Words he clearly didn't believe since he allowed his own children to live in slavery. He was a rich wine snob who was sick of paying taxes to the Brits. So yeah, he wrote some lovely words and aroused the rabble and they went out and died for those words. While he sat back and drank his wine and fucked his slave girl. This guy wants to tell me we're living in a community. Don't make me laugh. I'm living in America. And in America, you're on your own. America's not a country. It's just a business. Now fucking pay me. Wasn't that a great clip, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> um, where, you know, he's educating uh, he's educating uh, Driver on the realities of America and the truth about Thomas Jefferson. Uh, I don't know how much of that is verified, but mm, yeah. um, one of those things where... Seems to be the popular uh, opinion or uh, theory. Yeah uh you know just another one of those things where we grew up thinking of these people as great american heroes where they're really just pieces of shit mm-hmm. like henry Especially ford thomas Jeff- jefferson thomas jefferson henry ford christopher columbus uh john wayne john wayne kevin spacey i don't think uh <laughs> i don't think john wayne was ever touted as an american hero he was the iconic American. He was movie. Genghis Khan, goddammit. <laughs> he was, you know, the guy who symbolized the old West in Americana mm-hmm. and not a great actor, even though they keep putting him on lists of great actors back when I was growing up. Like the AFI's top 50 actors and actresses of all time. Probably for when he was Genghis Khan. And then, like, I watched The Searchers, which is an overrated movie, and I'm watching John Wayne going. He just sucks. Yeah. Because he just talks like this, which is not how a person talks normally. What about Christopher Walken? No one talks like him. Yeah, but he's Christopher You're Walken. a cantaloupe. <laughs> You're a cantaloupe. You don't know where that's yeah. from? No. Oh, it's from True Romance. Oh, I've well, seen it. One of the fucking best scenes ever between him and Dennis Hopper. 
which you should probably put the clip yeah. in the the whole in nine minute clip just to make this episode <laughs> a little bit longer i like the uh, seven psychopaths thing where he's like uh, there's a guy holding a gun at him and he's like put your hands up he's like no yeah what do you mean no um, i mean i don't want to that's a good movie i need to watch that again yeah um that's uh michael mcdonough yeah McDonald, yep or whatever his last name is martin martin McDonald. martin yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. martin no, not the uh, the singer. Huh? An, oh, the, yeah. Yeah. The guy. Um, what? That if Paul Rudd listens to him again, he's going to Yama blow his brains out. <laughs> exactly. Paul. Yeah. I got to tell you something. I'm really excited about it. Uh, for the first time today, I woke up, I came to the store, and I, I feel confident to say to you that if you don't take this Michael McDonald DVD that you've been playing for two years straight off, I'm going to kill everyone in the store and put a bullet in my brain. David, what do you suggest we play? I don't care. Anything. I would rather I would rather watch Beautician and the Beast. I would rather listen to Fran Drescher for eight hours than have to listen to Michael McDonald. Nothing against him, but if I hear Yamo be there one more time, I'm going to Yamo burn this place to the ground. You're such a smart ass. Get back on the floor. Are you okay? <laughs> that's, that's, that's the way he sings. Oh, I thought you just farted. <laughs> It even sound like a fart. <laughs> yeah, it does if it's high and squeaky. <laughs> Your ass will be singing. Uh, I think the train is now off the rails. Yeah, it is. That's okay. Yeah, we're uh, with this movie. Yeah, we are. Uh, because the last lines of the film uh, are, um, this guy wants to tell me we're living in a community, referring to Obama. Don't make me laugh. I'm living in America, and in America, you're on your own. America's not a country. It's just a business. Now fucking pay me. And we cut to black. And that Black president. Is, that is um, killing them softly. Big hit, I can tell. I can already tell. With me? It was a big hit. Well, so, would you recommend this movie? Absolutely, I would. Still, every time I watch it, I find a little bit more to enjoy about it. So... Uh, yes. Would you recommend this movie? Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. I don't really have anything against the movie in general. Um, didn't. Well, I won't get into all my details. You you go first. Okay. You go as you first. anticipate my. Yeah. Whatever I'm, I'm gonna do before before you start, I'm gonna like after I say my piece, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess what you gave the movie. <laughs> On its face, this movie is a pretty straightforward crime drama. But if you look a little deeper, you'll find an excellently written film about the so-called American dream and the U.S.'s descent into the terrible economic realities some faced in 2008 and we still deal with to this day, including greed, corruption, poverty, lying politicians, and so on and so forth. This movie is perfectly casted, perfectly written and edited, and incredibly shot. Um, this is actually shot by the same guy who did uh, The Batman, um, hmm. and I think he's shooting the second Dune, Greg Frazier. He's an amazing DP. He's like, this guy's like one of the goats. Um, the movie is super stylistic in a way that doesn't really retract. Sorry. The movie is super stylistic in the way that it's shot and the way that things are presented. Um, but I don't think it really detracts from the story. I think it adds to it. Um, the acting is absolutely top notch from everyone, especially uh, from Brad Pitt and... Uh, James Gandolfini as well. I think mm -hmm. they're both really, really great. Um, the movie is 
pretty brutal and unflinching as it should be. And as dark and unflinching as the events discussed in the movie are, it never ceases to entertain. Uh, I definitely think that this is an underrated gem as most people either have never heard of it or are just turned off by the subject matter. Either way, I think it's fucking fantastic and I think it deserves to be more widely recognized as a great film. Um, I gave it, uh, my overall score was a 9.12 out of 10. It's pretty high praise. Yes, it is. Now let me, <laughs> let me destroy your thoughts. Yeah. No, Hold uh, on. I'm going to yeah. guess what you gave. I'm going to say, um, I'll, I'll just say a s- 5.75 out of 10. Wrong. Okay. Good. Uh, <laughs> no, it was I, a four. <laughs> no, I don't really have anything against this movie. Um, there's nothing really in it. Like, Place Beyond the Pines, you know, I rave on about AJ and how much I hate him. Um, yeah, I ain't gonna lie. I'll be riding that. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing really I don't like about the movie. Uh, the cinematography is good. Uh, the editing... Good? Is really good. Okay. Um, I mean, it's no... I'm not, I'm not trying to get you to change your mind. I'm just like, wow, really? You just think it's just good? Well, of the two Andrew Dominic movies I've seen and the clips I've seen of uh, Jesse James, this is definitely the weakest mm. of the three. Mm-hmm. Um, the There are a lot of stylish choices stylized choices that i i appreciate i do feel like it is a little style over substance um the performances are great i mean ray liotta's being ray liotta in a good way mm-hmm. um obviously not to the level of like goodfellas or anything uh brad pitt's good not great uh james gandolfini i think is my favorite part of the whole movie mm-hmm. um what about ben mendelson ben mendelson he he's great pretty much in he everything plays he a fucking strung out heroin addict so well even the few scenes he's in in secret invasion which i barely watched and was has there's nothing about it that makes me want to go back um even the few moments he's in that i've seen in that he's great so that guy could pretty much do no wrong mm-hmm. um i don't think i've ever given that high praise to him before but i feel it uh but yeah james gandolfini is my favorite um what <laughs> you said you feel it and i said in your loins loins i think you said andrew lawrence i was like who the fuck is <laughs> you know andrew, andrew lawrence man um yeah i feel like there's other points to make uh scoot mcnary or whatever mm-hmm. um he's probably my least favorite part of the movie but mostly just the way he talks so he wasn't that offensive to me he wasn't uh trying to rap or anything so you know he he don't be writing that down um I probably won't watch this movie again. <laughs> That's funny. It's not like an insult. It's just like there's those movies that you're like, oh yeah, it's pretty good. I don't need to watch it again. If you, you know, I was hanging out with you and somebody else, or if there's like a screening of it, I might go see it. Um, probably won't go that far out of my way to see it. If there was, yeah, if there was a screening for it, I'd definitely see it. Well, and I saw that, and I saw this in theaters. I remember seeing it because mm-hmm. of the cast and like you know all that. Yeah, if there's like a screening at AMC down the street, I'd say, okay, sure. What but about if, New Bev? But if it was New Bev, I'd be like, eh, don't want to go through the trouble. I mean, if I didn't see Children of Men. Yeah, you, that's mostly because I forgot about it. You fucked up, man. Yeah. I almost forgot about it, too. Yeah. Because it was like on a random Monday. And now we got to go see Drive, possibly. Yeah, I would just give it like a straight 7.0. Oh, wow, okay. So, a little higher than 6.9. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, that's what I was I thinking said, of. If I said 5.75, that's what Something I thought like you were going to give it. Well, I don't give the uh, extra digits, so. Trivia! Yeah, there's not uh, there's not very much, to be honest. Um, I think there's just, like, two things. The Turkish former minister of culture found the movie so offensive that he told the press that he wanted the age bar for this movie to be raised from 13 to 18, or, if possible, remove it from the theaters altogether. And that's honestly it. <laughs> uh, the other one was, I already mentioned this, but this is one of only 22 films to have an F in cinema score. Wow. Yeah. That's... Yeah, that's weird. And it's weird because they have this trivia. It says, despite being listed in the main cast credit, Sam Shepard has under six minutes of total screen time in the movie. He literally has probably like 45 seconds. Like yeah. there's only one scene with him in it. And it's a very short scene. I, I but I mean, maybe in the two and a half hour cut, he's maybe somewhere in there. You mentioned uh, Greg Frazier, the DP, the director of photography for this. I figured I'd look up other movies he's worked on. And he's worked on quite a few uh, popcorn movies. Uh, he worked on uh, Snow White and the Huntsman, the same year this came out. Also, Zero Dark Thirty in 2012. Uh, Foxcatcher. Oh, yeah. Such uh, a good movie. Lion. Rogue One, also with Ben Mendelsohn. Scroll. Vice. George Bush reference. Oh, yeah. Which I didn't really understand that in general. I was going to look up like some kind of video about it and see like what somebody an- analyzed it as, but... I forgot. Uh, he directed he directed the photography of three episodes of The Mandalorian, uh, the Dune from a couple years ago, and like you said, the sequel, The Batman, and the sequel for that, and The Creator. So he works with Gareth Edwards twice. Mm-hmm. But one-star reviews. Let's get to it. There are 77 one-star <laughs> reviews. Wow. <clears throat> Where did that come from? You're getting emotional. It's okay. There are 77 one-star reviews. Like we said, it has a 6.2, so of course there are plenty. But I forgot to pick one. That's too long. Terrible. Only film I've ever walked out on. Wow. I left the cinema three-quarters of the way through the film. Never had to do that before. Well, you didn't have to do it this time. It dragged me. It dragged on and on and on. The endless dialogue that had nothing to do with the film was infuriating to test the least. Wow, I can't read. To say the least. At one point, James Gandolfini talks about getting a divorce from his wife for a good 10 minutes, which is completely pointless and has no relevance to the story line at all. This is just one example of constant series of ridiculous conversations that the film is riddled with. Throughout the film, they seem to have some sort of political undercurrent in the background between George Bush and Barack Obama. No shit. Obama spelt O space B-A-M-A, <laughs> <laughs> which I couldn't get my head around. Same, but whatever. Probably has to tie in with what Brad Pitt says at the end. Mm-hmm. Whether Brad Pitt was trying to get across his political view views or what was going on is anyone's guess. I have no problem with the acting in this film. What I can't understand is why Brad Pitt and Ray Liotta, both accomplished and celebrated actors, agreed to do this film. Please save your money and time and don't go. 185 out of 370 people found this review helpful. Hmm. There's one that calls it boring, pretentious, and tedious. Perfect. One's the slow, bad acting and just 
painful, uh, plain awful. Here's a, a fun title. Killing Them Boringly. Okay, perfect. <laughs> but it's a long review, so I'm not going to read the whole thing. Okay. That's uh, ironic, um, isn't it? Waste of time. I'm trying to, like, I don't know what the actual... Uh, these titles are the best part about this. They're all pretty much saying the same thing. The worst film I've, I've been to... Oh, my gosh. The worst film I've been to watch in a cinema. Because <laughs> cinema is capitalized. That's the emphasis on cinema. It didn't sit well. The projector for Dread was broken. We had to pick another film. Well, this I would pick Dread instead, time. yeah. I wouldn't have. <laughs> Although Dread is great, yeah. Yeah, Dread's great. Yeah. The worst movie Brad Pitt ever made. That's not true. Come on, there's Johnny Swade. <laughs> cool world. I'm trying to think of from Seven Years in Tibet. Yeah. Seven Years in Tibet. Absolutely the worst movie. That's the sentence. And then the next sentence is ever <laughs> and it starts off with what a load of rubbish a rhubarb rhubarb the f- r-h-u-b-a-r-b i wonder if autocorrect changed it oh rubbish to rhubarb you <laughs> <laughs> probably spelled rubbish yeah, r-h-u yeah and it's like you mean rhubarb and he's like yes yes i did fuck you brad Fair. pitt and these title these uh yeah the titles for the reviews are the best part about all these worst film i've seen terrible acting terrible story and stupid pointless stupid b movie save your time for more meaningful movies let's see what this person considers meaningful yeah this person gave a one out of ten to mr mrs smith uh same for the longest yard he really has it out for brad pitt huh gave a 10 out of 10 to closer 10 out of 10 to hitch one out of ten to Alexander. Ten out of ten to Batman Begins. Nine out of ten to Sideways. And eight out of ten to Crash. Which one? Not the David Cronenberg no. one. Okay. All right, we can stop talking about so, this guy. So that's all we have for one star reviews. Okay. So just um, before we're before we're done, I know that we talked about um, the political aspect of the movie. Um, so we'll talk about kind of what some people think um i don't even think it's a like like i said i don't think it's a secret or it's thinly veiled but it's basically this film is an allegory for the uh, subprime economic crisis in 2008 mm-hmm. um so basically each character in the movie is supposed to reflect the real person that had um a part or played into the um had a part in the crisis Mm. so reading essentially what i read was uh so ray liotta uh marky is supposed to be his real life counterpart is supposed to be jimmy kane the former ceo of beer stearns uh a financial group who refused to participate in the bailout of um ltcm whatever that is years ago which is in the movie, that's the number one heist when Leota really did do it, and so was allowed to die by the other bosses. So uh, Bear Stearns was the first one to go down before Lehman Brothers, which is another um, financial institution. Uh, the card games are the financial system itself, the trading and investing being gambling in this case. Once confidence is shaken, the entire system freezes up as it did in 2008. So people begin to think like, 
hey, uh, these games aren't safe, so we're going to stop gambling, which if they stop gambling, they stop making money and the whole enterprise goes down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gandolfini and Pitt are the financial regulators at the time. Paulson, Geeter, Bear, Bernanke, who are all on the bank's payroll but are meant to be keeping order, hence the misguided mortality of the Brad Pitt character and the washed-up, ground-into-meat nature of the Gandolfini character. They know they have moral obligations, but they also know it's the banks and not the government who ultimately pay them. They eventually bail out the Jenkins driver character, who is supposed to be the CEOs of banks. Um, Again, like he said, total um, political committee. They mm-hmm. make these decisions. He has to run it up and, you know, uh, even asking like, you know, oh, I can only give you this for this much money for this person and blah, 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 and so on. Um, so by solving their crisis of confidence problem for driver, though in this case, killing some of the responsible parties. The Frankie character represents the rogue traders who participated in the financial collapse and were some summarily either socially executed or arrested during the collapse and blame was assigned to them even though they were mere bit players so instead of during the economic collapse none of the fucking high-ranking ceos who make these decisions got arrested is all like this of course because they're the bigger powerful people they pass Mm -hmm. the book on to the the lower bit players Jenkins driver represents the surviving bank ceos goldman blankfin jp morgan's demon D-I-M-O-N, Demon, who emerged unscathed and even more powerful from the crisis. So powerful that he could refuse to pay Pitt, the financial regulator, the full amount he was owed at the end, that amount being representative of the bank's bailouts, the money from which was never fully paid back. So, um, again, the movie's basically about the economic crisis and uh, how the two parallels play into each other. Brad Pitt should be in more movies about the economic crisis i agree because <laughs> he's in the big short yes yes he is um okay so i guess we do what we've seen right what have you watched lately boy oh boy you want to start i feel like your list is going to be longer than mine um well here's the thing well no i'll get into that uh yeah i saw i'm not going to go into too much detail about what i thought about all the movies unless they're movies we've already talked about or we've already seen and you already know my opinion because of what we're going to talk about next week but uh i saw the movie bottoms which is a teen comedy with uh where the the leads are lesbians mm-hmm. in high school um i would recommend it to most people Probably not you, though, because you'll probably find it stupid, which is the point of the movie. It's uh-huh. supposed to be stupid. Um, I saw the Dungeons and Dragons movie, which I thought was a lot of fun. So I do highly recommend that to people who just want to have fun. But if you like, hate like sword and like sorceries. Girls? What? Girls? I heard that they just want to have fun. You <laughs> so said that so sincerely. I know. I saw a movie called Showing Up. Is it showing up? Yeah, showing up with Michelle Williams and the uh, woman who was in The Whale and The Menu, whose name escapes me. And I wouldn't recommend that movie. I'll go into more detail about that next week. Uh, I saw, for the holidays, I saw Christmas Vacation and Scrooged, mm-hmm. which I enjoy both movies. And we would have, if we were on a normal schedule... We would have watched Christmas Vacation for Christmas. Uh, but I've decided that's my new Christmas tradition, that Christmas night 
is that's the movie I want to watch every year. Okay. It's Christmas Vacation. Uh, Christmas Eve, we watched Oppenheimer on my 4K TV, 4K disc, and it was amazing. Looked amazing. Everett and I were talking about last night, and we both think that it looks better than Dunkirk. So, wow. Okay. The only disappointment was because uh, I watched it with Valerie, and she didn't know about the the jump scare in the uh, at the two hour mark, and so when the bomb goes off, all the sound cuts out. Oh yeah. And so I was like, okay, because we were watching the movie, and then you know, there's like rumbling sounds at the beginning, and it's rattling my windows. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, it's gonna be awesome. So all the sound cuts out, and I'm like, I'm holding onto her hand just to see. And then it comes to that part, and it must have like brought it down a little bit or something because it wasn't as big of a jump scare as it wasn't nearly as big of a jump scare as it wasn't theaters. Well, so. of course, like you've got fucking eighty thousand watts going through it at the movie theater. Yeah, sure, but neither of us jumped at all, so I was just like, ah, fuck. Oh, well. but I mean, it looks amazing, and that movie's outstanding. Did it? Um, did you notice at all for like the IMAX screen? Did the the aspect ratio change? Yeah, it, so it, it changes. Just, okay. It changes from uh, 235 to like 185. 185? 143? Whatever the full screen completely. Not full screen, but using every pixel on my screen. And of course, those scenes look beyond perfect. Mm -hmm. So... Um, And I saw Maestro. Oh, yeah. I'd recommend it. And I saw The Holdovers, which I'd recommend as well. So, I'll go into more details about those soon. Okay. What have you seen? Very good. Um, I also saw The Holdovers. Um, I love Alexander Payne. Mm-hmm. Uh, the man can do no wrong. Uh, you've, seen Nebra- Ooh. you've seen Nebraska, right? Yeah. 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 Love that movie. Um, Sideways is definitely my favorite of his, which I think eventually I'll bring it in. Um, yeah, because I need to rewatch it because I saw it in theaters the first time and it was like super overhyped. And then I saw it, I was like, "Really? I good. I don't know why I saw it. I don't know if I saw it in theaters or whatever, but I loved it from the first time I I watched it, which is so ironic because like it has to do with like wine, like mm-hmm. you know what I mean. And like obviously I have no interest in that, but it's just like. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Hayden Church is so fucking good, and of course, of course, Paul Giamatti's like amazing yeah. and is so funny. Um, the book is great. Have you read the book? No, no. Okay, the book is really, really great. There's a sequel too. Actually, there's two sequels to it. What are they called? Um, I think Sideways Two, um, mm-hmm. and then the other one is like, I want to say like Lost in Mexico or something like that, but it's really the 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 books are great. Um, what else did I see? Oh man, I'm like wrecking my brain trying to think about it. Look here, you see Stubbs list. I did. There's something I'm missing though. I canceled my membership for now. Did you? Yeah, because I hadn't been going, so I was like, "Why well, pay 25 bucks a month if I'm not going at all?" Sounds true. And I. Still have some free passes for Cinemark, so... Okay. I've decided... Well, not maybe even officially, but I've probably not going to see Aquaman in theaters. Yeah. I enjoyed the first one quite a bit, and I just... Maybe I'll see it just to say goodbye to that version of the DC yeah. movie-verse, but we'll oh, see. Oh, yeah. Um, I saw... They did a screening for the American Cinematheque of American History X and 35, mm. so I went and saw that. That was great. Um, I officially... I guess accidentally. Um, I was a member of the American Cinematheque for a, a, 
long time back in the mm-hmm. day and then i was looking to see how much it would cost and then like i added it like i added the membership to my cart mm-hmm. on my phone and then i was on my computer and then i bought a ticket for um american history x and then i was like what the fuck why is it 150 dollars <laughs> and then i looked and then the membership was in there so i bought myself a, a membership i guess as nice. an early christmas present for that what does it include um so they do a lot of like members only screenings Mm -hmm. um and then they do free screenings uh you get like priority uh priority like seating uh you get a discount on the tickets um which speaking of i I think i already showed you but they're doing like a michael mann retrospective Hmm. and they're gonna play heat um with michael mann like introducing it and of course it's like did he come out with the movie recently ferrari Oh, duh. That yeah. I was like, I added something to my watch list. Yeah, I want to so, see that. Me too. Um, but yeah, so it's it's supposed to be on the day that my, this sounds weird to say, but my daughter is due to arrive. Mm-hmm. So uh, I won't be going to that, unfortunately. Um, let's see. What else did I see? Uh, of course, um, we just talked about it, but Children of Men uh, mm-hmm. at the New Bev. I... <sighs> I, I don't. Even you hated know. it. I, I fucking hated it. It was so bad. It's so dumb. It didn't laugh once. There were no children or men. No, there's well a couple men. <laughs> I, I'm, gonna go, I'm gonna lie. There's a couple men. Um, no, it was fucking incredible. The the yeah. print was amazing. Chef's the sound was amazing. I fucking love that movie so much. I just I can't get over it. Um, I think when I know it's the end for us, we'll do children of men and it'll be the last episode. That'll be the shot in the arm that we need. Yeah. Children of men into the back to the future. Yep. And then that'll be it. That'll be curtains for us. Um, I feel like there's a lot more that I've seen that I can't think of. Well, it's drinky time. (laughs) But you haven't seen maestro. No, I haven't seen it. I want to see it. It's on Netflix. I know. Yeah, there's a whole list of movies I want to see. You done or what? (laughs) Don't lick the floor. Hey. (laughs) Penelope. A little preview of what it's going to be like uh, for Trevor as a dad. Don't lick the floor. (laughs) Don't lick the floor. Speaking of names, do you have a name for your your child? Yes. Um, Well, yes and no. I, I believe we have a, a first name settled, but we oh. haven't agreed on the middle name. Right. So she'll be um, a guest on our on our podcast soon enough. <laughs> oh, I'm sure and, she will. And I will, I will introduce her. The first episode we have after she's born, I'm sure she's going to be on the on the podcast whether we want it or not. Yeah. Well, I'd love to hear her thoughts on film. So, um, yeah. So uh, why don't you tell us what we're going over what we're going to be doing next week so or tell the nice people since i already know hopefully it will be next week oh sorry Uh, (laughs) i'm on the old schedule well no because we need to record before the due date Mm. so that way i can edit these two episodes and get them out in appropriate amounts of time uh, because then we can pause for as long as we need to so you for paternity leave Mm. for you I'm um, taking a paternity leave from this podcast. Well, <laughs> technically, yeah, you are, especially since this is your house that we record in all mm-hmm. the time. So, I mean, worst case scenario, if 
you need to get out of the house once or twice and we can record over at my place we'll do a field like recording tiny Just little room you and us sitting in the field <laughs> with a little microphone that we'll pass back and forth <laughs> just a, a shotgun mic yeah exactly like a boom or we can use the the snowball mic that you and uh oh, you and joe used to use i think joe i think i gave that to joe before he bought a microphone but i don't remember doesn't matter um yeah so we're gonna do the best of 2023 it probably won't be exactly like our last year last time when we did 2022 um probably gonna focus more on other people's move i mean they're all other people's movies but the movies that came out in 2023 and not just the movies we talked about in 2023 Mm -hmm. we will talk a little bit about that but i think we'll try to probably focus especially since we only did like a dozen episodes probably focus more on the movies of 2023 versus the episode episodes um spoiler alert babylon that's the best movie of 2023 that's 2022 yeah still um so yeah we'll go through the list of movies that were released in america and probably some movies that came out in other countries as well none come to mind but you'll have to just tune in like on an old time radio and uh, see what we think are some of the best movies of 2023. We will mention some of the movies we talked about again, but we won't go on and on like last time. Yes. Because we had like probably like 40 episodes in 2022, and this time we have... <laughs> 13 maybe? I'm sure we have like 20. Okay, yeah. So, so thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. Um, hopefully you get something out of this episode and have just even a, a tiny bit of interest in seeing this film. But like I said, words don't really do it justice. You have to um, you have to see it. It's a very visually beautiful movie and visually um, it really progresses the story forward watching it visually. So it's an hour and 37 minutes long. I mean, yeah, what, what the fuck are you doing? You it can't wasn't take a an, difficult watch. You can't take an hour and 37 minutes to watch this movie that I recommend. Come on, man. Brad Pitt's in it. It's probably an hour and 37 minutes to listen to this episode. Yeah, actually. Wow. Almost exactly. We're at <laughs> an hour and 38 minutes as we speak. Yeah, minus all the stuff for you to take out, plus all the stuff I add in. So. Yeah, you have to add in a lot of clips. Um... Yes, thank you for listening. Hope you're all happy. Hope you had a happy holiday. Happy holiday. Um, hopefully this comes out. Probably not. Uh, hope <laughs> you have a happy new year. No faith in me. Of course, I have all the faith in the world. Um, yeah, we'll talk to you soon, okay? Bye. Bye. Talk at you, babe. I'm winking right now. You can't see it. Okay, now I am. <laughs> Okay, love you. Bye. Nothing against him, but if I hear Yamo be there one more time, I'm going to Yamo burn this place to the ground.